we're continuing in the uh, Foundation Doctrine series, and uh, the six Foundation Doctrines as taught to us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse, um, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Scripture says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, on the la- of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And um, we have seen that uh, there are these six foundational doctrines, and faith toward God is the second of the two, uh, of the six uh, listed in the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> and we've also seen previously in Scripture where Paul, in um, speaking to the elders from the church of Ephesus, he speaks to them in the book of Acts, and uh, he talks about the fact that he had spent much time teaching them on um, repentance toward God, he calls it, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, which are the two doctrines of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And so we see that those two particular doctrines were the two that were most commonly taught by the Apostle Paul to the early church. Um, And it's the two doctrines that we need to spend a lot of time meditating over and 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 being and and going through the word of god and getting clear understanding of these two doctrines for these are the two doctrines whereby we live as believers whereby we are able to uh, partake of that which god has called each one of us to when we come into the kingdom of god Uh, the other doctrines um, are important Um, however these two are are the two that are the cornerstones of the christian faith so to speak and it's just interesting we, because we're obviously dealing with uh, the doctrine of faith toward God. And there's very uh, limited teaching on faith nowadays in, in the church. There's a lot of teaching on all sorts of topics and subjects. But when it comes to the, doc, uh, the teaching on faith, it's, it's very limited now. It used to be emphasized quite strongly in the church at one time. But uh, that seems to have waned in popularity for whatever reason that is. Um, which is to the detriment of the church because the scripture is very plain and uh, and we can look at it. Um, there's two aspects of uh, faith um, toward God we want to look at in this series. And now we're going to be concentrating on applying our faith in prayer. We've had a look at what is, what is faith uh, under, under that particular subject. And we've also looked at how do we get faith, and we've looked at various aspects in the scriptures as to how do we acquire faith and how do we increase and grow our faith, or we can increase and we can grow in our faith. Um, And so now we want to look at the more practical aspects of our faith as to how do we apply faith, um, both in our daily living and specifically in this uh, uh, series that we want to look at now is how do we apply faith in our prayer life? Because it is very important, and we'll see it's very, the importance of faith in our prayer life if we're going to have a successful prayer life, in that we're going to have our prayers answered by God. And um, the very first thing that we need to look at again is just to remind ourselves, and we can look at it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Uh, the Apostle Paul, well, the writer of the book of Hebrews, um, is quoting uh, the prophet Habakkuk. And uh, when he quotes the prophet, he says, Now the just shall live by faith. 
But if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him, shall have no pleasure in him. And that's God the Father speaking. And he's speaking about this dispensation that we're in now. We are the just uh, that he refers to in this, for we have been justified in Christ Jesus. So all born-again believers are the just. And it is required of the just that we're to live by faith. Under the old covenant, uh, those who had the law had to live by the law. But under the new covenant, we have to live by faith. This is, is a requirement given to us by God. God doesn't suggest that we live by faith. He doesn't, um, you know, say to us, guys, try and live by faith as, far, as, as, as much as you can. He just says it very plainly, now the just shall live by faith. And then he goes on to say, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And so it is vital for us to have a clear understanding of just how faith works. We understand that um, what faith is. We understand that we can increase in our faith. And we've had a look at various aspects of that teaching. But now we want to get more down to the nuts and bolts of just how our faith actually does work. Um, if we're going to live by faith as, as instructed by God, it is in, it's very important for us to have a clear understanding of just how faith operates so that we can walk in it and that we're not going to be ignorant um, of the things of God with regards to faith. Uh, the Old Testament, the, the prophet says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so you will find that there's a lot of ignorance about the simple, simple foundation doctrine of faith uh, in the church. People don't understand it. People, you know, they talk about faith, they talk about believing but they really don't understand what it is that they're talking about. And so it's very important for us to have a clear understanding of just what faith is and how it actually does work. Um, God, in His mercy, blesses us even when we don't uh, exercise faith. And we don't exercise faith for a lot of things that we receive freely from God. Um, the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 45, says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. This is our Lord Jesus speaking. He says, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And so here our Lord is, is really just giving us a, a, an, an insight as to the nature of God, our Father in that God the Father uh, makes His Son rise on the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the just and the unjust. And that's true. We see that. We see when a, a nation is blessed, there are wicked people living in that nation. There are very good people living in that nation. And when that, But they, that nation is blessed of the Lord, and so everybody enjoys the prosperity of that particular nation at that time. Um, and our Lord says, you know, he, he lets us, it's not a case that if, you, if you're wicked, well, then the sun's not going to shine on you, but it's going to shine on your next door neighbor because he is a righteous person. No, God just lets his sun shine on all uh, of mankind. And he lets his rain fall on all of mankind, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Now, why does he do that? Because God is a good God. And uh, James teaches us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father in whom there is no uh, shadow of turning. And so God, His nature is, is good. Remember uh, when the, the uh, 
rich young ruler came to the Lord and said, you know, good teacher, what a good thing can I do that I may inherit eternal life? And our Lord turns to him and says, why do you call me good? There is no one but, but God is the only one who is good. So even our Lord Jesus was stating a fact that God is the only one who is good. He didn't equate himself with God, the goodness of God from that aspect. Um, so God is good and God does bless us even when we do not deserve his blessing. Translated means uh, our Lord said uh, that the evil, uh, God allows his reign to come upon them and he allows his sun to shine upon them. And no one exercises their faith for these blessings to come upon them in their lives. None of us get up in the morning and then we start believing God that his sun's going to shine today and we start believing God that uh, the rain's going to fall today. Obviously, when uh, a nation is going through drought, well, then they do need to be exercising their faith along those lines. But by and large, we do not need to be believing God for uh, the seasons that he has put in place. And, uh, you know, you have your... your, your uh, seasons of rain and you have your seasons of when the rain is withheld and we all understand how nature works. Um, then there's the simple fact of the fact that we our very breath is given to us by God um, and nobody has to get up in the morning and exercise faith in order to, in order to breathe. This is something that is freely given to us by the Lord. The Bible talks about the fact that God can at any time withdraw his breath from the, all of mankind and they would all uh, perish straight away. And so his blessing uh, comes upon us in that the very breath that we, we, we need in order to, to exist on the planet is given to us by God. And none of us have to exercise faith in order to be able to breathe. And yet that is a blessing given to us by God. And so there's so much that we are blessed with by God our Father um, that we do not exercise faith for. He blesses us in these, in these manners uh, of his own accord because he is a good God. And God um, then obviously bestows his blessing upon all mankind in, the, in these areas. And faith does not have to be exercised by any in order to be partaker of these blessings. And in a way that's... Uh, you know, it 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 it's kind of has a negative aspect to it because because we are just automatically blessed by a good God in these areas we take them for granted and we do not give thanks to God uh, for the very breath that we have uh, you know the scripture says let everything that has breath give praise unto the Lord and so we should be praising God purely because He's given unto us breath and we should be giving Him thanks for this. And we should be thanking him for our fruitful seasons. And we should be thanking him for the blessing that he gives us in our lives. And as believers, we definitely should be uh, remembering to give thanks to God for all of these blessings that he endows upon us. Obviously, the wicked, they never give thanks to the Lord for, for these things. They take it for granted. And most of them don't even believe that God has done it. However, we know that our God, our Father, is the one who blesses us and blesses the whole of mankind in these areas. And so we should be consistently giving God thanks for all these things that he does in our lives. And so 
we do not have to exercise faith for these areas of our lives, for this is the, the benevolence of God, this is the goodness of God displayed in the earth. So does that mean that I can go through life and just say, okay, well, I don't have to worry about exercising, or worrying is not the right term to use, but I don't have to exercise faith in anything because God just takes care of everything. And so, you know, that's just... He, he, he gives me breath. He, he makes his sunshine upon me. I experience the rain that, that he blesses. And these are just some of the things that he does. And so, you know, God does all of this. I don't need to exercise faith for anything in particular. Um, but that is not the case at all. There's certain aspects uh, where God is benevolent and he does uh, bless us of his own accord. However, um, he does require that the just shall live by faith. And so there are aspects in our lives where God expects us to exercise the faith that He's already given to us, because we've seen that in previous teachings, that the faith that we have received as believers is in fact the faith of God, and He's given that faith to us um, as, again, His, uh, His goodness has imparted His faith to us, and we have His faith whereby we can live. Um, but no, it is required of God, uh, God requires of us that we are to live by faith. And so there are aspects in our lives where he expects us to then exercise our faith in order to receive blessing from him. And those blessings will not materialize in our lives automatically unless we exercise the faith that he's given us. And so let's have a look at a scripture um, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 6. Beginning at verse 7, we're going to read just the two verses of Scripture. And there's two aspects to um, applying faith in our prayer life that we want to look at today. And the one is that we have to ask God. Um, and we're going to look at that right now. And then the second part we want to look at today is the fact that when we do ask God, we have to ask believing. And those are the two aspects that we want to concentrate on because we're dealing with the, the aspect of applying our faith in our prayer life um, because it's vital that we apply faith in our prayers because without it we'll see uh, we're not going to receive anything from the Lord and so the scripture we look at is uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6 beginning at verse 7 and it's our Lord teaching us on prayer again and he says and when you pray do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. All right, so Lord's just giving us some insight as to uh, technicalities of prayer in that we shouldn't be trying to just say as much as we possibly can and and you know when he, our lord equates us he's saying that in the among the gentiles they like to use vain repetitions and it's almost like chanting i suppose and they think that because you know they're doing that god's going to hear them they're much more um but that the lord says no that's not the case at all and, and he gives us some insight he says because um, before you even come to the Father and in prayer and ask Him for, for things, He knows what you need before you ask Him. And so people think, okay, well, if God knows what I need before I ask Him, why do I need to ask Him? Because, I mean, He knows, He's God, and He's well able to supply my need. So what, what is the, why is there this requirement that I need to ask Him? 
Well, our Lord does say it. He says, for your father knows the things you, you have need of before you ask him. And so Jesus is telling us we do need to ask him, even though God the Father knows what we need before we get on our knees and we say, Father, we need this. He knows what we need. However, he does require of us to ask him. It is a requirement given to us in Scripture. Our Lord has taught it to us very clearly that we do need to be asking um, God, our Father, for that which we need from him. And in this particular verse of Scripture in, in Matthew, in Luke's account of the same passage of Scripture, um, in context where our Lord is actually talking about is just our basic daily needs of food and clothing. And so it is even in our basic daily needs of food and clothing, which God our Father knows, He's created us. He's created this, this earth that we live in. And so He knows uh, what we need in order to live on this planet. And um, even our basic needs that we need, like f food and clothing, uh, God the Father knows those needs, but He still requires a, of us to ask Him to meet those needs. And so if God the Father requires us to ask Him to meet our basic needs, then He is certainly requiring us to ask, uh, ask of Him for any other need that we might have in our lives. It is a requirement of God that we do have to ask in order to receive. Jesus said it very plainly. He said, Ask, and you shall receive. So you know you could go that in the, you could take that in the, uh, in the converse, and you could say, do not ask, and you will not receive, um, because it is the because our Lord said, for everyone who asks receives, and so it's very important for us to just get the very simple, very basic uh, truth clear in our minds that we need to ask. We cannot. Just expect, okay, God knows what I need, so God will take care of everything, so I don't need to pray, I don't need to ask Him for anything, because He already knows before I even come to Him what I need, so, you know, He'll take care of me. No, He, he specifically teaches us to ask that we may receive. And if we choose not to ask, then we're not going to receive from the Lord. It's just as simple as that. It, you know, in, it's amazing to me just how many believers actually go through life not asking God. Um, you know, you, 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 they talk to you about the problems that they're experiencing in, in life, whatever it might be, and you say, well, have you asked God? And, you know, the, it's almost taking them, takes them by surprise. Well, no, you know, they haven't asked God. And yet that's where our first port of call should always be, is that we should ask God. He is our Father. He is the Almighty God. He's instructed us to ask of Him. And He will take care of us. I mean, he, he, that's, that's what a loving Father does. Think about a, a, an earthly father who happens to be an ex, a, a multi, multi-billionaire, whatever it might be. Um, he's not going to let his children, and we're talking about a good father, and we're not talking about a, a wicked person. Um, he's not going to let his children suffer any need but uh, you know whatever they ask he'll 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 give them and so god our father is no different he 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 owns everything i mean this whole earth is his and he will he withholds no good thing from his children but he does expect us to come to him and to ask of him 
Um, you know, James said it this way. He said, you have not because you ask not. And so, you know, again, there the scripture is very plain to us that we don't have what we need purely because we haven't actually taken the time to go to God and ask him to supply those needs. Whatever those needs may be, it is required of us. First thing is to ask of God. You know, there's, a, uh, there's an account in the Old Testament of um, one of the kings of Israel who became sick and went straight away to the physician to inquire, you know, to, to, to be healed. And the, the prophet comes and speaks to him and says, you know, you haven't asked God. You asked, you went straight to the physician instead of going to God. Because you've asked the physician and not God, you're not going to get your healing in this particular instance. And, you know, God doesn't, he's not vindictive from this point of view. But the point is, the example is given to us, that God um, expects us to first ask him. And it, it, it's so very sad to see that so many Christians um, ask as a last resort. They try everything else themselves. Um, they go to everybody else. They go to whatever it might be. Um, if they, they're in financial trouble, they go to the banks for loan. They go here and there and everywhere. But they don't get on their knees and say, God, I need help here. I need you to, to meet this particular need. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not like a magic button that you push and now everything's going to be right. When we get in the principle of, of how faith works, and there's, a, there's other steps involved, but the very first step that must be taken by every believer is that we have to ask of God. And if we do not ask, we will not receive. For our Lord Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. So the very first requirement that is required of every single believer is that they need to be asking of God um, in order to be able to receive from God. And as I said, you know, the world doesn't know that concept. So the world goes out and does its own thing and tries to survive on its own and tries to do all things on its own because that's all they have. They don't have access to the Almighty God like the children of God do. And we have access to the Almighty God. He is our Father. He is a loving Father. And He is well able to take care of every single need we have. He asks of us, so He instructs us. Um, when you come up with these issues, get on your knees and ask. And so the very first thing we do as believers, and the very first thing we need to understand very clearly, is that we do need to ask. It's a, it sounds like a very strange uh, truth to try and teach, but as I say, it is surprising just how many believers go through life never asking. A lot of Christians go through a long period of life and they just never ask God for anything. Um, and, you know, it, it just doesn't enter their consciousness that they need to be asking God for whatever it might be. Uh, we need to be asking God. And when we do, we now get God involved. And, and as I said, there's the other aspects to asking, but the very, very first step we need to take when we come to um, applying faith in our prayer life is that we do need to ask. However, asking on its own is not 
all there is to it. Because if that was the case, we'd all have it made. Because then it's just a case of, God, I need this. Well, I've got to thank you very much, God. Um, no, there's more to it than just asking. Asking is the first step. Okay, we have to take that step. But in asking, there's more to it than, uh, than just asking. And the scripture we'll look at um, from that point of view is in Matthew uh, chapter 21, verse 22. Again, our Lord Jesus, teaching on prayer, um, he says to us, And whatever things you ask in prayer. So he's clearly teaching us on prayer and asking. All right, because now we've, we've kind of got that concept across that we do need to ask. He says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So he doesn't say whatever things you ask in prayer you will receive. You know, in the other scripture I quoted, the Lord said, asking you will receive. Um, but there is a condition attached to asking. And that condition is inside that very ver that verse of scripture there. It says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. And so the second step um, in applying faith in our prayer life, firstly, we have to ask. Secondly, when we ask, we need to be asking in faith. We need to be asking, believing. For um, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Uh, we will only receive that which we believe and conversely, it can also be said in that passage of Scripture, whatever you ask for in prayer, not believing, you will not receive. Okay? It's exactly the same uh, comment our Lord made, just in reverse. So he says, whatever you ask, believing, you will receive. So he could just as easily have said, whatever you ask, not believing, you will not receive. So you have to attach believing to your asking in order to receive. You'll not get anything from uh, God the Father except if we believe when we ask of Him. How many times have you heard people say, let's just hope, and, they're just hoping and praying. Let's just hope and pray that God will do this for us. Well, hoping and praying is not going to get the job done because it is faith that gets the job done because we have to believe. Whatever you ask, believing you will receive. Not, not whatever you ask hoping you will receive. Whatever you ask believing you will receive. And so hope doesn't get the job done. It is, is believing which gets the job, job done. And so the second step that we have to take when we're um, applying faith in our prayer life, we first have to ask and then secondly, we must ask believing. And it's only when we believe that we will receive anything from the Lord. If you go look at the, the, the four Gospels, for the four Gospels are an account of our Lord Jesus' life on the earth. I remember our Lord made the comment, He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, meaning that He and the Father, and He said, the Father and I are one. Um, and so whatever, if we want to know what God our Father is like, we look at what Jesus is like. For Jesus... Uh, revealed the Father to us through His own life, and so we, when we look at the gospel accounts of our life, of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can we have a clear understanding of what our Lord is like, and we have a clear understanding of what God the Father is like. 
And if you go look at the, the four Gospels, there is not one account in the four Gospels where anybody um, received anything from the Lord Jesus unless they believed that he could give it to them. There's, you can study it and you can go look at it in, in depth and really go through every aspect of it. You will not find one account where anyone received anything from the Lord Jesus on the earth unless they believed that they could receive from him, unless they believed that he was able to do what they asked of him. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the instances where our Lord um, of his own accord um, gave out blessings to people. Remember, we've said that our, our God, our Father, blesses us of his own accord with the sunshine, with the rain, with the very breath in our, in our bodies. He, he blesses us with, with numerous things that we do not exercise faithful. And um, the, an example that comes to mind when our Lord raised the young man um, in Nain uh, from the dead. Nobody asked Jesus to do that miracle. The, the, the widow didn't ask the Lord to do the miracle. None of his disciples asked him to do that particular miracle. The Lord, out of his own compassion, performed that miracle for that woman and raised that young man from the dead. And so in that instance, there was no faith involved except our Lord's faith, obviously. But nobody was uh, requesting of God, requesting of our Lord Jesus Christ to raise this young man from the dead. And so they didn't, no, no one was ex exercising faith in this aspect except our Lord. And so that's the compassion of God. And so when God does his uh, act on his own accord by compassion, well, that's God. He's able to do that and he does do that. Um, but I'm talking about somebody coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, uh, the leper. Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. You can make me clean. I am willing. Be clean. And so that's exactly what our Lord did. He, you know, he responded by saying, I am willing. Be clean. And he touched him and healed him. And he was healed instantly from his leprosy. So now that leper came to the Lord, believing that Jesus could heal him. He was just not sure whether Jesus would heal him because he didn't know the will of the Lord. And so the Lord revealed his will in that the Lord said, I am willing. Be healed. Um, but... When the blind men came to, to the Lord to be healed, uh, and he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. He said, be, be it unto you according to your faith. And they received, instantly they received their, their, their sight, and they were, they were healed. And so everybody who ever received anything from the Lord Jesus while he walked the earth could only receive from him if they were able to believe in him. And believe that he could do that which they were requesting. Now, most of it that were that were coming to him was for for healing of their of their physical bodies, uh, for deliverance from demonic oppression. Uh, very few came to him asking for 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 blessing. Uh, Financially, because, you know, they didn't believe that. And that wasn't really his mandate on the earth at that particular time, although he did bless um, when he, he, he fed the multitudes. Nobody came and said, Lord, won't you feed the multitudes? He, of his own compassion, uh, fed them on that particular occasion. But anybody who came to the Lord of their own accord and said, Lord, I need this of you. And as I said, most of it, if, you, well, if not all of it, was to be healed. Of, of my disease, to, to receive my sight, um, that my daughter may be um, cured from demonic oppression, uh, that my daughter may be raised from the dead, 
the little uh, Jairus' daughter. Um, all of them had to believe in order to be able to receive from, from the Lord Jesus. And Jesus hasn't changed one bit since then. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as when our Lord walked the earth, no one could receive anything from him except they believed that he could do it. It, it hasn't changed. We cannot receive anything from our Lord, from God our Father, um, except we believe that the Lord Jesus, God the Father, can provide our needs and can answer uh, that which we need from him. It is only by faith that we can receive from God. There's no other way we can receive anything from the Lord except by faith. God has not said that the just shall live by hope. He's not said that the just shall live by love, by the way. Um, he's not said that the just shall live by their good works. He's not said that the just shall live by anything except by their faith. And we cannot receive anything from God except by faith. We can't even come into this kingdom that we are born again into except by faith. We believe the message of the gospel. And when we believe it, we apply our faith to it and we are born again. And so it is only by faith in his word that we can be born again, that we, we come into this kingdom. And then the very next step that should be taking place in every believer's life is that we should then be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Paul teaches the church at Galatia. He said, this, uh, this, I need this one question I want to ask of you. Did you receive the, the Spirit through the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so yeah, Paul is saying, you guys received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with, as you speak in other tongues because of faith. You believed. And when you believed, you received. And so the two you know, key requirements, well, the, obviously being born again is a very key requirement. Um, but the two key requirements when we come into the kingdom of God is by faith. We receive everything by faith. Now, once we come into the kingdom, we don't then stop receiving by faith, and now the rest of it is by works, whatever else it might be that you, you're trying to uh, advance yourself in the kingdom of God. No, every single aspect of the kingdom of God that we receive from God is by faith. You cannot receive anything except by faith. Um, again, the scripture in John 3:16. everybody knows the scripture so very well, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so the requirement to eternal life is that whoever believes in him, the requirement is that we have to believe. And if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, Christ Jesus, and confess with your mouth Christ Jesus as Lord, you shall be saved. And so coming into the kingdom is by faith. Um, and then I've quoted the scripture about the fact in Galatians 3, 2 says already, Paul asked the question of them. He says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so that's when we, that's how we come into this kingdom. And that's it, it, the, 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 the method of receiving from God doesn't change once we come into the kingdom of God. Okay, now we're in the kingdom of God. Now we've, we're born again. Now what we have to do in order to receive from God is we start having to live good lives. And we start having to fast a lot. And we start having to pray a lot. And we start having to do all of these things so that we can now progress in our, our Christian walk. 
No, that's not how it works at all. We continue to grow in the things of God by faith. And we receive everything from God by faith. And fasting is what we do by faith as well. And praying we do by faith. And living a good life and a holy life, we do it by faith. You cannot... And that's one of the, the problems that were happening to the churches in Galatia, for argument's sake. Paul said, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And so, you know, the, 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 the temptation, so to speak, is almost that once you come into the kingdom of God, Satan now tries to tempt the church to now step away from faith and move into works. Because now you now need to start doing all of the right stuff. Um, and that's not how the Christian walk works. It's by faith that we do all the right stuff. Translated means, I now start believing that God, I am your righteousness. Uh, it is no longer I who live. And so I thank you, Lord. I confess that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've died to sin. I don't sin anymore. And so automatically I start living a good life because it's by faith. He's enabling then takes over because as I believe in God, as I believe in His ability, so He responds by imparting His power uh, to transform my life. And it's through the hearing of faith that we receive uh, the promises of God. And there are many promises of God in the Scriptures. Um, and not one of the promises are given to us except by faith. We cannot receive the promises of God by begging for them. You cannot receive the promises of God by fasting for them. You cannot see, receive the promises of God by doing good works for them. You cannot receive the promises of God by hoping for them. You can only ever receive the promises of God by believing in Him, that He can impart them to you and will impart them to you. And so we, we the, 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 the Points are very clear, and, and they're not rocket science stuff. Again, this is we're talking about the foundation principles of, of the Christian walk, um, and we're talking about faith toward God, and which is the, the, the second cornerstone, so to speak, of the foundation principles of the Christian walk. And we're talking about applying our faith in our prayer life. And so there's two key points that I just wanted to get across today. And they, they're very simple, but because they're so simple, people tend to just overlook them. And the very first one is that you have to ask of God. You're not going to receive anything from the Lord unless you ask Him. Ask and you shall receive. Conversely, do not ask, you're not going to receive. Simple as that. James says, you have not because you ask not. And so, you know, can't, the Holy Spirit can't say it any clearer than that. And if you're lacking anything in your life, um, and I'm not talking about now um, looking after your fleshly desires, and we'll, we'll get into that as we go through this, this teaching further on down the line. I'm talking about um, your walk with the Lord. And, and there are, um, again, getting to the promises of God. If you read the Scriptures, especially the New Testament, and you can see all of the things that are given to us by God that are promised to us in His Word. Well, all of them, God expects us to ask Him. And we not just think, okay, well, because God has promised this to me, it's automatically mine, and so I don't need to ask. No, you do. We do need to ask Him. Um, and when we do... When we go before the Father in prayer, 
in the name of Jesus. Remember our Lord said to the disciples that time, he said, up until now you've asked nothing in my name. And then he went on to say, in that day you will ask in my name. And I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but what he's really saying is in this church age that we're in now, we ask the Father in the name of Jesus for whatever it is that we require from him. And when we do, we'll receive that. But we have to ask in faith. And remember our Lord said, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And so the very next uh, step that has to be taken, first, we have to ask. Secondly, when we do ask, we have to ask believing. And it's in faith. When we ask in faith, that is the requirement in order for us to receive from God. And so if you'll just meditate on those two points um, that we just briefly touched on today, it is a, a grounding on how to approach your prayer life. And as I say, the very first thing you should be doing is not going to the doctor when you get sick. The very first thing you should do is pray and ask God to heal you. Now, your faith might not be at the level where you can believe God will heal you uh, uh, straight away. But you can pray, say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I ask that when I go to the doctor now that the doctor will diagnose me correctly and that he'll provide the right medication so that you can uh, use the medication to heal my body. There you go. So before you go uh, to the doctor, or the chemist, you know, people just go straight to the chemist to get whatever meds they need. Um, Ask God to heal you. And so before you do anything, ask. Ask and you shall receive. And then when you do ask, as, as our Lord Jesus has taught us, believe when you ask. When you believe when you ask, that is because that's the condition. Um, asking on its own is not going to get the job done. You have to believe when you ask. And so those two things, ask and believe when you ask, is what is going to get your prayers answered by God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there is other things to it. And we'll get a, uh, go through the teaching and we'll get up, uh, some more points. But these are the two um, basic points that I wanted to get across today. And so we're going to end the teaching on that point today.